the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. With SRN News, I'm Bob Agnew in Washington. A longtime advocate of religious freedom is being honored in the nation's capital tonight. Here's White House correspondent Greg Cluxton. Former Republican Congressman Frank Wolf of Virginia will be honored at tonight's Values Voters Summit Gala here in Washington. During his time in Congress, Wolf authored the International Religious Freedom Act and was an influential voice for religious freedom and human rights. The Family Research Council, which sponsors the summit, will award Wolf with its Vision and Leadership Award. Greg Clugston at the Values Voters Summit in Washington. President Trump campaigning for the GOP Senate candidate in Missouri last night said that many in Washington still refuse to accept the results of his election victory. The so-called resistance doesn't accept the will of the American people. But the president says that uh, he and his agenda, as well as the people who supported him, will continue to prevail. This is SRN News. Hey, have you heard about the Arctic Spa's Spa Boy? What's that, eh? It's a salt system that monitors itself and chlorinates when the sanitation is low in your hot tub or swim spa, eh? Yeah, Hoser, I talked to a lot of the other guys, and they said that salt stuff doesn't work. Of course they do, because no other spa company can offer anything like it. Like 10 years ago, everyone had some kind of salt system, and they all failed. The difference is that Arctic Spas went back to the drawing board, and now they got a system that really works, eh? Hey, you know, I also heard that if you just fill the tub up with insulation, it's a better way to insulate the spa. Yeah, if that was the best way to do it, wouldn't you fill up your house with insulation, too? If you have the best insulation on the floor, walls, and roof to keep the heat in, that's what's important. Insulation, like that's what makes Arctic the most energy-efficient hot tub in the world. Yeah, that's a big statement, eh? It is a pretty great hot tub. Visit Premier Pool and Spa in Chanhassen today and see what makes Arctic so great for Minnesota climates. Premier Pool and Spa, where we take fun seriously. PremierPools.com, eh? Airing each Saturday at 11 a.m., Wise Money, hosted by Garwin and Leanne Lenander. They are an independent, privately owned firm who have built their reputation on trust, integrity, and a commitment to providing intensely personal service to every individual. They choose solutions that are unbiased by the demands of a typical corporate parent. It's all about you and your financial wellness with the Lenanders. Tune in to Wise Money every Saturday morning at 11 on Business 1440. Today, there's something happening in Minnesota. Something groundbreaking. Something iconic. Something historic. And something rejuvenating. Something loud. And something like a whisper. There's always something happening, only in Minnesota. Visit exploreminnesota.com. This is a pre-recorded edition of The King Banyan Show on Business 1440. The Wall Street Business Network is on the air. It's The King Banyan Show. As an educator and former legislator, Professor Banyan steps out of the classroom and onto the airwaves. 
to break down the local and national economic news that matters to you. Just say what you got, man. It's the King Banyan Show on Business 1440. Now, here's King Banyan. Welcome and good morning, King Banyan Show, Business 1440. Today, a, a, a day where we'll do some, uh, we'll, we'll do a lot of talk about the financial crisis, which this week marks really the 10th anniversary of Lehman Brothers, AIG, and it, it, the Bear Stearns had already collapsed 10 years ago by this time. Uh, but um, the peak of the, the peak of the financial crisis was the middle of September in 2008. And we're going to talk about that. We have a couple guests to join us. Vern McKinley, our, our one of our regular guests here on the on the show. His new book with James Freeman, Borrowed Time, uh, which is two centuries of two centuries of history of Citibank. It sounds it's I know that sounds dull to you, perhaps, but it's actually a good read. I've I've been in it and uh, was up till about quarter to 12 last night because I was enjoying the uh, the writing and and in the history I particularly love 19th century banking history it's kind of a kind of a pet thing of mine and it's my it's part of my geekiness it's fun and then and then as many of you know Hamilton is in town um, like you my like many of you probably my my Facebook and Twitter are filled with pictures of my friends standing in front of the Orpheum and say I'm going to Hamilton and and I'm not uh, <laughs> it's like I, we just uh, we're not show people we don't even though even though I support uh, the theater here in St. Cloud um, as as a member of its volunteer board um, I do not I, I do it for music. I it, plays and in particularly musicals. I could give her. I, I I could I could take or leave them. To be very honest with you, but um, Hamilton is not just is not just a musical. It actually has some good history, including some history of central banking. Uh, Carmi Matson, who is public information officer for the Minneapolis Federal Reserve, uh, the Minneapolis Fed has a contest going on about Hamilton. And at the end of the contest, they got two tickets to give away. So, so we're going to help. We're we're going to help you find out about that. We're going to find out what uh, what what uh, what Carmi thinks about what Hamilton would say about the financial crisis from ten years ago too. And we'll have we'll have all that for you at the top of the next hour. However, many of you who keep track of me via via Twitter using the hashtag pound KBRS, who are friends with me on Facebook, there are people who do that. Uh, some of my listeners, if you're if you're a regular listener to the show, you know that uh, you know that I have family down in, down in Myrtle Beach, um, and of course we've been watching, uh, you know, and praying that Florence peters out in front, you know, before it gets to the coast. It looks like we've avoided the worst of the winds. We were earlier in the week we were told there'd be Category Four or Category Five winds okay it sounded like the storm of the century um the winds turned out not to happen nearly to the extent that had been told to us uh, earlier in the week but the rain appears to be coming down quite heavily there right now my mom actually sent uh sent email to to the three her three children 
uh, uh, this morning. She was without electricity for about four hours yesterday, and then it came back on, and it's been on ever since. My mom lives in Myrtle Beach in the area between the between the Atlantic Ocean and the Intercoastal Waterway. Um, lives on in a large development that is between uh, between US 17, which is the main north south highway through through the uh through the grand strand uh, uh which is how they refer to everything from down down around uh, georgetown and through Polly's island and merle's inlet up to up into Cary, north carolina uh and that whole that whole range um in that area has had often on had has had often on electricity um, I've been watching pictures there, but anyway, it, it, in the middle of my having breakfast, all of a sudden the, the phone pings and I look and it's a message from mom. I'll read it to you. Got through the night, rain stopped about 8.30, so I just stopped thinking about leaking windows and closed my eyes. My deck is dry this morning and the wind is calm and the pond, which is a retaining pond behind her, behind her condo, reta- the pond looks higher, but that's Okay. And then this is my favorite part. And this is this is my mother in all being my mother. Since I have power, I will do a small wash and make breakfast. You know, I you know, I I sat at the breakfast table and 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 bowed my head for a minute and thanked thanked the Lord for a message from my mom telling me that everything is so okay. She's going to do a small wash because that's my mom. Well, King, she won the heart of me because I am a classic over launderer, if that's the word. So she wins my heart. Good for her. You got to pass the time somehow when you're stuck indoors, right? Right. And and, and they're going to be stuck for days because it's really going to be tough to drive around. Really, we she's, she lives on the fourth floor. So what's my biggest worry? My biggest worry is, in fact, that her car will wash away with some massive flash flood. Um that's unlikely, but it's possible that the water comes out of the intercoastal waterway. You get a storm surge, and it just washes through the parking lot and takes her car away. Yeah, it could happen. Uh, to, to which I say, you know, that's why you have insurance. Yeah, you know, not easy to replace, but you know what? It is replaceable, and, and you know right. what they say. The car right. and material things are replaceable. The person, the life, the value of that is absolutely not. So if that's the worst right. that can happen... That's yep. that's probably pretty darn good. Yeah, yeah. She uh, she's had uh, she had she's still she's she's fine. She's got she's got food. She was she the, the stores were empty of food in that area along the strand along the Grand Strand um, on Thursday, and so she's got three neighbors in the building with her, and uh, one of them had an extra loaf of bread and an extra jar of peanut butter and just handed it to her and said, "Take this." Which is also a, an, an act of incredible kindness and and generosity. So, so lots of really great things happening there. It makes me makes me quite happy. But to to hear that uh, our continued prayers for the people up in North Carolina. They've really borne the brunt of the storm. Uh, uh, you're you're really looking you're really looking in that area at tens and maybe hundreds of millions of dollars of damage. Uh, but we were talking in the billions before, and maybe it won't be quite that bad. And so, you know, and so our, our prayers continue to go out to those folks and uh, and have have that hap- have that happen. So, 
Uh, so let's let I'm going to set that aside. If I get any updates during the show, if Mom writes again or I see something, I've got I've got a live camera and a news feed from Myrtle Beach on my on my computer here, which I normally have because I have to keep track of Mom, right? So I, I I'm looking to see how things are going there. If there's anything I see, I will send that to you. I do not have a feed from North Carolina, but. Uh, Maybe Ross will keep an eye on on that part, uh, the, the area to the north of Wilmington, because I think they've really taken the worst of it. Uh, we've been we've been rather fortunate with what's happened, but lots of rain still to come down there. Flooding will happen sometime in the next seventy two hours. Uh, so so that's it. Six five one two eight nine four four seven seven. You could give us the ten years ago this week. I was thinking about the about the, the financial crisis. I. When did it become become real? It was real to me all along. I remember sitting in a at a breakfast place. I actually was still at that time driving to the to the station. This was before KBRS uh, King Banyan Radio Show. What you're listening to here on Twin Cities Business Radio. This was back in the days when I was still broadcasting over on AM, AM twelve eighty The Patriot. Instead, our sister station, right after. The headliner, uh, Mitch Berg of the Narn, would would finish his show. I would come on uh, to do a show, and I was sitting in a, in a and so my habit was to drive down on Saturday morning, stopping at a truck stop on the way because if you want to know what's going on in America, have breakfast at a truck stop, and don't sit at a table by yourself. Sit at the counter, and turn to your left, turn to your right, and make conversation. Now I love that. It's just. It's, it, just as Ross says, I have to wash my clothes all the time. For me, I can't sit at a at a table by myself. I have to go find people to sit with. I have to go chat them up. It's a it's a it's a uh, it's genetic. It comes from my dad who did the, who did the same thing. My dad was a loading dock manager, so so it's the same. It's the and he so he talked to truckers all the time. I talk to truckers all the time. My brother works for a trucking a trucking business. That's where we're from. So I sat and visit with them, sat and visited with them, and I had and I always would have my Wall Street Journal with me, which which was kind of off putting for some truck drivers. It was like, well, look at you, you and your fancy dancy Wall Street Journal, what you doing over there? Uh, but but it, it had it open to the story of Bear Stearns, and the truckers all knew all about Bear, to to the to even greater detail than what was in the article I was reading in the wall street journal they were listening on their on their radios they were talking with each other they were really into it and that's and 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 that had been in march of 2008 but when it became real to me that something serious that had happened was when was first when uh henry paulson went to or hank paulson as everyone called him who had been a been a CEO at Goldman Sachs came to a microphone and said we need we need something major we need a we need a larger bailout and 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 so 3 days later they had a vote in the house of representatives to vote on on the thing which eventually got referred to as tarp you remember tarp all right, it's not those things being used down in the path of Hurricane Florence. It was the Troubled Asset Recovery Program. It was a $700 billion bailout of, of the banks. And here's what was fascinating. 
on its initial vote, it failed. Okay, the Democrat the, the, the Democrats were in control, so Speaker Pelosi was in the was in the chair, and they tried to pass the bill, and it failed. And I'm sitting in I'm sitting in a, a, a Granite City uh, a brew pub, right? Or I forget the name of the Grant, the place that makes the beer, the uh, Granite City. Do you, I, Ross, you don't remember the exact name of it, but I I know what you're talking about because right, I've been okay. there. But yeah, right. I think it's just Granite City, correct? Right. So I went to Granite City in St. Cloud I'm with, for lunch with three of my colleagues, and we're watching the television, and they're they've got actually. They've actually got uh, CNBC on, and and but have so that the ticker is rolling alongside the vote on the floor, and the the points that came off. I mean, it's like the Dow went off a cliff as it became apparent that they were going to fail to pass TARP. And around the table, okay, that's just four economists having lunch. So you can only manage what manage, you can only imagine what that's like. And we and, and we're watching, and all of a sudden, there is no conversation. We're all fixated on the screen, and then one person just just says a word I can't use on radio. I won't use on radio. And 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 all of us looked at looked at that person. And said, yeah, yeah. This is going to be bad. So it's worth marking whether or not whether or not what happened 10 years ago. And what I want to talk about, we're going to have Vern McKinley up uh, uh, at the bottom of the hour. He studied two centuries of this stuff. And, and I think it's fair to say Vern doesn't think any of this is new. And, and I want to ask him, in fact, have we learned anything? Have we learned anything at all from this experience? Um, and that's sort of the theme. That's sort of the theme of today's show. Have we learned anything from this? We'll be back with more after this. You're listening to the King Banyan Show on Business 1440. How lucky can one guy be? I kissed her and she kissed me. Like the fella once said, ain't that a kick in the head? The room was completely black. I hugged her and she hugged back Like the sailor said, quote Ain't that a hole in a boat My head keeps Napa know-how Right now, Mobile One Full Synthetic Motor Oil is $29.99 for a 5-quart jug. Its advanced formula provides maximum sludge protection, defending your engine like a catcher defends home plate. So, get top-notch engine protection with the Mobile One Full Synthetic 5-quart jug for $29.99. Quality parts, helpful people. That's Napa know-how. Napa know-how. General States pricing. Sales prices do not include applicable state local taxes or recycling fees. Offer ends 9-30-18. Thinking about life insurance? What if you could make one free phone call and learn your best price from nearly a dozen highly rated price competitive companies? Well, that's exactly what happens when you call SelectQuote Life. For example, George is 40. He was getting sky-high quotes from other companies because he takes meds to control his blood pressure. But when I shopped around, I found him a 10-year, $500,000 policy for under $25 a month. I'm SelectQuote agent Dan Savino, and believe me, if SelectQuote isn't shopping for your life insurance, 
you're probably paying too much. For your free quote, call 800-607-3551. That's 800-607-3551. 800-607-3551. Or go to selectquote.com. Since 1985, we shop, you save. Get full details on the example policy at selectquote.com slash commercials. Your price could vary depending on your health issuing company and other factors. Not available in all states. This week on Money Matters with Al and Mike, it's everybody's favorite topic, life insurance. This will be information you've most likely never heard before. Al and Mike will be sharing strategies to maximize the impact of using life insurance, not only for your heirs, but for you as well. It'll be eye-opening as you learn how to use this often misunderstood and underutilized tool. Al and Mike have solutions and strategies for you. Listen to Money Matters with Al and Mike, 2 p.m. Sunday on Business 1440, or call 855-231-6010. TwinCitiesTuitions.com has been helping families for over seven years get into the school of their dreams. We have placed over 90 kids into private education, including Stacy's son. I have to say that this was an answer to prayer. This program made it possible for my son to transition into ninth grade into a wonderful school. Dealing with the station, particularly Alyssa, has been such a a blessing. Education is one of the most important decisions that you can make as a parent. The difference that I've seen in in my son in a Christian education is a confidence that can only come from Jesus Christ. He stands firm in the truth. He knows what he believes, and he's going to know that that Jesus is the answer. Don't pay more than you need to for your child's first year of private school. Call me, Alyssa Brecken, at 651-289-4406. Or visit our website at TwinCitiesTuitions.com. Turn all the lights on. It's the King Banyan Show on Business 1440. Welcome back. Let's go ahead and play for you. This is Hank Paulson. He would have been, I believe, 10 years ago today that he comes to the to the podium. This would have been on a on the Wednesday of that week. So normally when we close banks, we close them over a weekend so that we can then reopen them on Monday under new management. So this is now Wednesday. I I, I believe it I believe that was the day of the week in 2008 that was September 15th. Let's play that clip for you. Last night, uh, the Federal Reserve Chairman Ben Bernanke, SEC Chairman Chairman Chris Cox, and I had a lengthy and productive working session with congressional leaders. We began a substantive discussion on the need for a comprehensive approach to relieving the stresses on our financial institutions and markets. We have acted on a case-by-case basis in recent weeks, addressing problems at Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac, working with market participants to prepare for the failure of Lehman Brothers, and lending to AIG so it can sell some of its assets in an orderly manner. And this morning, we've taken a number of powerful tactical steps to increase confidence in the system, including the establishment of a temporary guarantee program for the U.S. money market mutual fund industry. 
Despite these steps, more is needed. We must now take further decisive action to fundamentally and comprehensively address the root cause of our financial system stresses. The underlying weaknesses in our financial system today is the illiquid mortgage assets that have lost value as the housing correction has proceeded. These illiquid assets are choking off the flow of credit that is so vitally important to our economy. When the financial system works as it should, money and capital flow to and from households and businesses to pay for home loans, school loans, and investments to create jobs. As illiquid mortgage assets block the system, the clogging of our financial markets has the potential to have significant effects on our financial system and, our, and on our economy. So that was, that was Henry Paulson 10 years ago to the day uh, from, from us taping this here on Saturday, uh, on September 15th, here on the King Banyan Show on Business 1440. You can hear the fundamental, there's two fundamental statements that run, actually, I, let, me, let me back up. There are three fundamental statements that flow from that, right? One, banks were not, in fact, insolvent. They're just illiquid. Now, it's the job of a Treasury Secretary in a financial crisis to reassure people that, that their money is safe, that the money is actually still there, and that the only problem they have right now is that they can't convert it into cash form so that you could take your money out if you wanted to. That is the natural behavior of any of any uh, Treasury Secretary, of any central banker, of anyone that runs a deposit insurance agency. Things are fine. The money's there. Okay, you can think back. I, I almost should. I almost should have pulled this clip out of my. Uh, out of my own vault, I have the I have the piece from "It's a Wonderful Life" when Jimmy Stewart tells the people at the bank when the when they're trying to take all their deposits out. No, your money's not here. It's in it's in it's in Fred's store. Or it's in Sam and Martha's house, or or, or something to that effect. Um, and you'll recall from "It's a Wonderful Life" that what happens next is that is that. Um, they were going away on their honeymoon, and the, they they had cash with them. No traveler's checks for the banking couple. They had cash. And so the new bride takes out the cash and says, "Hey, I've got money," and they and they give they give their depositors enough money to stop the bank run out of their own pocket. They infuse. You could say that Jimmy Stewart infused capital into his bank in order to try to stop a bank run. Um, and, and, and that is a terribly interesting, interesting perspective to have because that's in fact what eventually happens with TARP. They do the Jimmy Stewart solution. They were supposed to take the assets off those bank, off the bank's balance sheets and replace them and replace them with cash. They didn't do that. Instead, they left the bad assets on the bank's balance sheets and instead just injected capital into each one of those banks. Um, I'll have, we'll have to ask Vern at the, t at the bottom of the hour, Vern McKinley is going to join us, his new book with James Freeman, Borrowed Time, which if you happen to be a Wall Street Journal subscriber, you can actually get it for free. Um, that's pretty awesome. But um, if even not, the, 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 um, 
the I'm I've been reading it on my Kindle for the last couple days and and I promise you it's a page turner. I really enjoyed it. Um uh, he could go back and tell you I think City ended up taking something like 40 or 45 million uh, 40 or 45 billion dollars, excuse me, as an injection. We're talking about maybe there might end up being from Hurricane Florence 5 billion 10 billion dollars worth of damage. It may even be a hundred billion dollars. They took seven hundred billion dollars and bought banks or injected capital into banks as a result of that. What happened as a result? What has been changed? The second thing that that he says is the second thing he says is the problem is mortgages that the mortgage market be, had become illiquid. There were lots of retrospectives in the last week, including a, a major conference uh, at the American Enterprise Institute that I, I watched part of yesterday between meetings. I was flipping it on and watching it on my phone uh, and, and, and led by uh, Peter Wallison. And this is his entire point. The problem, with the, the problem with the financial crisis was housing. And the fact that we had we had Fannie Mae and Freddie Freddie Mac and and all these places that had guaranteed mortgages and had tried to create cheaper credit and and make sure that that credit was distributed in ways that were that were met social goals toward uh, equity and in access to housing, um, and it was it was a mess. Well, Fannie and Freddie still exist. We nationalized them for a while, but we didn't close them. Did we make a mistake there? Have we kind of have we kind of not done a good job with this? Hard to say. Hard to say. But what I will tell you, what I will say to you is this: the last thing that that Hank Paulson says in that clip is, it's up to us to do something about it. So he decide. So what did they decide to do, to do something with? They used taxpayer money to buy bank capital, all right, and said they had to do that. And what, what Vern will tell you here in, in our next couple segment, segments by looking through the prism of Citibank is that it was ever so. This was always the case with these with these banks and we're going to and and hopefully by the end of the end of this hour in the next two segments you can understand that we have always had a history in this country of when the banks get in trouble along comes government to help them out we'll be back with Vern right after this you are listening to the King Banyan show on business 1440 TwinCitiesTuitions.com has been helping families for over seven years get into the school of their dreams. We have placed over 90 kids into private education, including Stacy's son. I have to say that this was an answer to prayer. This program made it possible for my son to transition into ninth grade into a wonderful school. Dealing with the station, particularly Alyssa, has been such 
a blessing. Education is one of the most important decisions that you can make as a parent. The difference that I've seen in in my son in a Christian education is a confidence that can only come from Jesus Christ. He stands firm in the truth. He knows what he believes, and he's going to know that, that Jesus is the answer. Don't pay more than you need to for your child's first year of private school. Call me, Alyssa Brecken, at 651-289-4406 or visit our website at TwinCitiesTuitions.com. Are your credit cards maxed out? Do you owe more than $10,000? Are you juggling your bills only making minimum payments? Credit card companies are playing a dirty trick on you. They want you to think you must pay it all back, and that's simply not true. Credit card companies hate it when we expose their secrets. In fact, there are ways you can become debt-free and you don't have to pay the entire amount you owe. National Debt Relief offers programs that help you escape overwhelming credit card debt. National Debt Relief has helped tens of thousands of people just like you reduce more than one billion dollars of debt national debt relief has earned an a-plus rating with the better business bureau they're also the number one rated debt relief program by top consumer reviews and top 10 reviews don't declare bankruptcy or take out a consolidation loan settle your debt for a mere fraction of what you owe call national debt relief now at 800-645-1660 Good news. You are not stuck with your health care plan. Really, you have a choice, and it's a great one. It's called MediShare, and if you've heard about it and wondered what exactly it is, it's a way that people share their health care bills, and these are people who have a common faith, who want to be part of something beautiful that not only meets their health care needs, but the needs of others, too, and it's people who love to save money big time. MediShare members typically save $500 a month per family on their health care costs. That is a life changer for people. So this could be for you. Maybe it's what you've been looking for, a way to pay health care bills that's not only very smart financially, but it's even profound. MediShare is a nonprofit with 400,000 members nationwide who pray for and share with each other. So yes, you're not stuck. There's another way, and it could save you a lot. Hit star star 734 to find out how much you can save on your health care. Message and data rates may apply. That's star star 734. Don't give up on us, baby. Welcome back, King Banyan Show, Business 1440, the, the 10th anniversary of the 2008 financial crisis. We're talking about it today, and to help us, somebody who included this lyric in his new book that he's co-authored with James Freeman, Borrowed Time, now available on Amazon, Vern McKinley, referred to by, by, by the Wall Street Journal as financial expert. He's our financial expert, okay? You can borrow him for a while uh, Wall Street Journal, but he he's <laughs> ours. Vern, good morning. Don't give up on us, baby. Good morning, King. Thanks for the invitation uh, back after all these uh, after all these other appearances before. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I always love to have you have you on. But uh, you got a new book, and and Vern, first of all, congratulations. It's a good book. It's it's it is surprising, and I think people people who maybe don't sort of 
stew in the juices of banking history will be surprised to find out there's a lot to learn from this book it's not just banking it's really a it's really a a fun read through uh particularly uh uh, the first 50 years of history of the United States. Uh, thanks, King. Um, yeah, I'll have to give James some credit for it. Uh, the way we put the, the book together was that um, I did a lot of the research. I dug around in the archives and in the libraries and the National Archives and such and uh, sifted through all the technical material and uh, got him a draft chapter and then he would uh, make his way through it and make it a little more readable. And uh, so, yeah, I think the product uh, turned out pretty well. It's a combination of the the technical issues, but also blended with a pretty good storytelling. Yeah, it is, it is fabulous storytelling. And I think I, I, again, I, I, I highly recommend it. Um, Vern, you did the research and I remember talking to you early on in, in the process of you developing this book and, and would you tell the listeners why it is that you thought City was the right prism through which to look at banking history in the United States? Well, I mean, I, I might as well start with the title, uh, Borrowed Time. And uh, I don't know, I think most people are probably familiar with that um, term. But um, I, I found a online reference that um, I think captures it. It says, living after the time you would have expected to have died. So um, the city's been living on borrowed time for the last 100 years at least. It's this whole idea of serial bailouts where um, just every generation or so, every 20 or 25 years, they come on the brink of, uh, of failure. And in the case of city, it's been exactly five times since the founding of the Fed in, in 1913 that they've been uh, bailed out. So, I mean, there's a lot of talk here in the Washington area about picking winners and losers, but this is a little different story. It's it's a matter of picking losers and losers and losers and losers and, and losers five times in the case of City. Well, that's 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 a good way to talk about it. I, and and I think why it's 200 years and why you don't start it earlier is, is part of the thesis of the book is that. City was a stronger bank before there was a Federal Reserve that was assigned this lender of last resort function that the that the Fed claims than than it was after after the founding of the Fed. Do I have that story right? Well, yeah. Um, as you probably <clears throat> may have noticed uh, in in reading it, by necessity, as we trace through the history of City, we're also tracing the history of federal intervention and supervision of banks so <clears throat> what we had to do was overlay the history of city over the the history of federal intervention i mean you, you know how the story goes you started with the first and second bank of the united states and then you had a period where it was state uh state chartered banks in throughout most of the 1800s and then the 1860s you had the uh, national banks started uh, with the creation of the Office of the Comptroller, and then you had the creation of the Fed in um, uh, in 1913, and you know a lot. Uh, we can get into more detail on what the changes that wrought, and then obviously in the 30s you had the FDIC. So the the FDIC and the Fed were kind of the safety net, and we've actually found that during most of that first century, say from about the 1830s 
which was after the panic of 1837, from the 1830s, late 1830s up until about 1917, 1918, City was an absolute uh, gem of a bank. When you say flight to quality, and you hear about all these panics during the Gilded Age in the late 1800s, everybody was flying um, flying over to City with their deposits because they were just this island of stability. And that changed dramatically when um, the safety net started to build and, and put into place. Since the Federal Reserve was created, and uh, that was a little over 100 years ago, it's now flipped it's it's transformed it's it's morphed into this institution that fails every 20 to 25 years and has to go uh run into the federal government for the bailout this happened in the early uh early 1920s the fed propped them up in the 30s they got reconstruction finance corp uh money which was the the tarp of the 1930s in the early 80s, um, they had problems with the, the LDC loans, the lesser developed right. countries like Mexico and, and Brazil and Argentina that went sour. And the early 90s, um, they had real estate problems, including with uh, Mr. Trump had, <laughs> had loans in those days with Citi. And that's a big part of one of the later chapters. And then, of course, obviously in, in 2008 and 2009. So... I mean, this is just a serial process that just repeats over and over again. And um, you had mentioned during your earlier segment about a lot of the, the speeches and everything that Paulson and and Geithner and such gave. I mean, they um, don't give a hint at all that um, there is this long line. They always talk about oh, this is such an extraordinary event that we're seeing. Um, there's right. no playbook for this kind of uh this kind of occurrence, but I mean, I, I would just strongly disagree with that. Indeed. Um, you know what? I wasn't going to play this just right yet, but uh, because you mentioned it um, in the last, I think it was not this past week, but the week before um, at Yale, they, they had a retrospective in which they invited Tim Geithner and Hank Paulson and Ben Bernanke to a panel uh, had, had a directed discussion. And there was this answer that Bernanke gave um, that I that I think sort of encapsulates what you're exactly talking about. Can we play that clip? Is that is that possible, Ross? Yes, I have it at the ready. Do you want it right now? Uh, p- play it right now, please. You know, it's not really a fair question, obviously, because you know we didn't let the students grade themselves usually, right? I mean, I think I think generally, I mean, my general sense, you know, we we didn't anticipate the full. We all of us had various concerns about the financial system, about the economy. None of us anticipated the full ramifications and extent of the crisis, and so in that respect, we were late. Uh, we then responded very aggressively. I think overall we were successful in stabilizing the financial system, and there was a paper given here yesterday about comparing how quickly it happened, at what cost, how quickly the economy recovered, and generally speaking, we look good compared to other advanced economies, to other countries and, that have had crises in the past. Um, I think where you know we didn't succeed, obviously, and 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 uh, Tim already alluded to that, is that you know we didn't persuade the country, generally speaking, that what we were doing was necessary, although we firmly believed it was, and so that communication issue I think is is still out there. But we did respond aggressively to the crisis itself, and and did bring it under control pretty quickly. 
So, so do they have a communication problem, Vern McKinley? Well, <clears throat> I mean, I think um, uh, that the, the the troika there between Geithner uh, and uh, Bernanke and Paulson, um, I, I, you can say it's part communication and part policy, but. I mean, I think the underlying policy was flawed, and that's what undermined a lot of the um, the communication issues. Most people in their gut, when they hear about bailing out banks while everybody else, either a small business or individuals, consumers have their problems, <clears throat> I mean, they they have this, this feel in their gut that that's not right. And, and I think that's, that's probably a pretty good indicator of things. And um, one thing we found, first of all, that if you ask the people at the Fed or the FDIC or the Treasury for a lot of the documents related to the crisis, they don't hand them over. I mean, if they really want an open discussion of a lot of these issues, then why are they um, not handing over these documents to people? And I've had litigation, as you know, the last eight or nine right. years on these. Right. But I mean, if they're so confident and they feel that they did such a great job in um, pursuing these policies and they want to, you know, have everybody persuaded, why don't they just open up, uh, open up all the details? I mean, a lot of this is still hidden and we'll probably never dig it out. I'm certainly trying to dig out as much as I can with these various lawsuits I've had, but I think a lot of it's probably um, at some point going to be destroyed um, or, um, or they'll just um, end up somewhere at a Federal Reserve Bank, and, and right. uh, nobody will. And you'll never at find it, it. right? And, and right. we've had we've had uh, Vern McKinley on before to talk about this. I think it's I think it's a, a mark of shame on on uh, the people in D.C. that uh, that he's had to work so hard to get documents and that doc and 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 so forth. It's a communicate. So it might well be a communication issue. Uh, in contrast, I think Vern, you had a pretty good time getting information for borrowed time. It's got a lot of bank history that the bank itself has written. Sometimes, sometimes hagiographical uh, sort of glossing over some of the some of the stuff. But by and large, your information about about city seems to be better information than the information you have about the about the crisis. Is that is that fair? Uh, it was, it's a mixed bag. Um, okay. The um, the areas, if I can just run through them real quick, that we looked at for the book. First, we wanted to get historical discount window data. This is what the Fed, um, when the Fed is lending to institutions. Unfortunately, mm-hmm. a lot of that's been destroyed from about the 1920s up until about the 1970s. Uh, wow. Minutes from meetings. uh mm-hmm. Uh, um, there was a president at City who was also Federal Reserve Bank in New York. Um, he was on the board, which obviously has some conflicts, and that's been changed. But um, he was on the, the board of Federal Reserve Bank in New York during the late 20s and early 30s. We asked for the minutes. It, it literally has taken years to get those from the Federal Reserve Bank in New York. Uh, we got some papers from Paul Volcker up at Princeton on some of the lending during the 80s, but if I can mention two more real quick that are probably the most interesting ones, the Office of the Comptroller has examination reports. This is when you know you take a team of 20, 30, 40, 100 examiners in. If you want 
exams of city from the last 30 years, they'll say you can't have those. They're exempt under the Freedom of Information Act. And what they do after they hold them for 30 years is they destroy them. So um, we were able to get exams from about the 1860s to the late 1930s. And after that, there are no exams. They destroy them. And um, that, so that's very uh, discouraging. And the last issue, we, we had a lawsuit uh, with the FDIC in Sheila Bear's book, which, which is probably the best of the four uh, memoirs on the crisis. She mentioned that Citi was number one insolvent, and number two, they wanted to think about putting it into receivership and allow it to fail. And we got details that are uh, mostly redacted. Um, I, I put a FOIA in. It's a litigation that's still ongoing. We had a good ruling from Judge Brown Jackson here in, in the D.C. Uh, the D.C. court, but it's still lingering. We got a few good documents that are used in the book, but otherwise we're still, you know, we're, we're still frustrated with not being able to get the extent of detail that we wanted from the FDIC. So the the extent to which we can know things about about this uh, uh, about the crisis is sort of limited because some of it still sits behind behind a haze. We're and this is something that's been uh, the subject of work over several years from Vern McKinley, co-author of Borrowed Time with James Freeman, along with James Freeman, the book now out and available at your, at local booksellers, I hope, and certainly online uh, and. And informing it even has an audiobook so that from time to time I can toss it on in the car and listen to another 15, 20 minutes as I drive across town. Uh, Vern, I only have a few minutes left for you here today, but, uh, but, uh, what, you know, you, you talked about, you talked about in the 19th century, they, they were, they were healthier, but they have like a near death experience. I, I think you, you describe it as this back in the 1830s after the closing of the second bank of the United States and they come around to, to doing so. Um, is that what it takes? Do we just need to give banks that near death experience? Uh, yeah. In the 1830s, they, um, struggled like a lot of banks. That was one of the worst uh, depressions in um, the history of the U.S. Uh, Milton Friedman's uh, monetary history said between the 1930s and the 1830s, those were probably two of the worst um, economic uh, depressions that we had uh, throughout our history. But they they bounced back and started this whole 80-year string where they were very stable, very strong. Uh, they were they were bailed out, but not a government bailout. It was a private bailout. John Astor, who was one of the richest men in America uh, during that time, and more importantly than the money he put in, probably was that one of his um, one of his uh, underlings named Moses Taylor took over the bank. First, he joined the board in the 1830s, and then he became president. He was president from the 1850s to the 1880s, and. Uh, he really got the the bank on a on a good course. It didn't grow a lot, but it was very steady, very stable. And throughout the Gilded Age, as I remember, as I, I mentioned before, um, everybody uh, looked at that as um, the the place to put their deposits to make it through the storm. So um, it's a doc. Uh, they call it ready money. He had on the asset side very conservative assets, um, and on the the liability side. Uh, very stable deposits, in, including a lot of his own deposits from his businesses. So 
um, that's a better model, I think, than this current cycle of, of bailouts every 20 to 25 years. You rely on the private sector um, to, to bail out rather than uh, relying on the government sector all the time. Vern, thanks so much for being with us today. We really appreciate the time. Uh, Vern's book, uh, Vern McKinley and James Freeman, uh, uh, Borrowed Time. Um, borrowed Time referring to two centuries of Citibank and its its life and several near-death experiences and bailouts by government. Vern, thank you so much for being with us. We'll be back right after this. You are listening to The King Banyan Show on Business 1440. Business 1440 is KYCR Golden Valley. Can't make heads or tails of today's crazy markets? Tune into Investing for Success every weekday from 4 to 5 p.m. on Business 1440, the Wall Street Business Network. And we will shed some light on investing and how you can get clarity in your investments. Join us for Nepsis Capital Management's Investing for Success, where Wall Street and Main Street meet every day from 4 to 5 p.m. on Business 1440, the Wall Street Business Network. Tune in and turn it up, because Think Realty Radio with Obi Golhar is here for you. Every weekday, Obi informs listeners around the country on everything real estate, market news, investment methods, and most importantly, succeeding in the business. Obi shares his strategies with listeners every show. Don't miss out. The tip that could help you the most might be on the next show. Get into a real estate of mind with Think Realty Radio. Weekday afternoons at 2 on Business 1440, Twin Cities Business Radio. Hey, have you heard about the Arctic Spa's Spa Boy? What's that, eh? It's a salt system that monitors itself and chlorinates when the sanitation is low in your hot tub or swim spa, eh? Yeah, Hoser, I talked to a lot of the other guys, and they said that salt stuff doesn't work. Of course they do, because no other spa company can offer anything like it. Like 10 years ago, everyone had some kind of salt system, and they all failed. The difference is that Arctic Spas went back to the drawing board, and now they got a system that really works, eh? Hey, you know, I also heard that if you just fill the tub up with insulation, it's a better way to insulate the spa. Yeah, if that was the best way to do it, wouldn't you fill up your house with insulation, too? If you have the best insulation on the floor, walls, and roof to keep the heat in, that's what's important. Insulation. Like, that's what makes Arctic the most energy-efficient hot tub in the world. Yeah, that's a big statement, eh? It is a pretty great hot tub. Visit Premier Pool and Spa in Chanhassen today and see what makes Arctic so great for Minnesota climates. Premier Pool and Spa, where we take fun seriously. PremierPools.com, eh? Hi, this is Eric with the Kingdom Builders with some words of encouragement for you today. In Galatians 5-7, Paul tells us that those who have put their trust in Jesus Christ are no longer bondservants, but sons. And as sons, then heirs of God through Christ. He goes on in Ephesians 1-3 to explain what a great blessing that is when he says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who hath blessed us with all spiritual blessings in the heavenly places in Christ. There are two small words in that verse that bring great encouragement. The first is half, which tells me it is already done. And the second is all, which tells me that I lack nothing in Christ. Oh, how great to be called a child of God. On behalf of the Kingdom Builders, I hope these words are encouragement to you today. If you'd like to contact us, look us up online at thekingdombuilders.net. I am Marcus Juvland. 
Like my dad always says, we're not salespeople, we're just great roofers. Welcome back, King Banyan Show, Business 1440. Our thanks again to Vern McKinley. Uh, James Freeman and Vern McKinley borrowed time. Hop onto your your favorite uh, bookseller, um, be it be it uh, in a in a in a bricks and mortar or online, and get a copy. It it really is a good read. It's really well done. Um, you might wonder why am I spending so much time talking about the history, uh, two hundred years of history, and why in the next segment what we're going to talk about is actually Hamilton, the play that's going on right now down in. Uh, down in the Twin Cities, uh, uh, down in Minneapolis. And we really want to give you a chance to, to, to talk about this. Uh, we'll have uh, Carmi Matson on right after this to, to talk about it. Why? Because the thesis is we create incentives for banks to behave the way they behave. And the point of what we did with Vert was to show that in the 80 years between the end of the Second Bank of the United States, after Andrew Jackson killed it off, and then the creation of the Federal Reserve in 1913, Citibank behaved in a different way. When you don't have the backstop of of repeated bailouts, banks clean up their act and they get better. So it begs the question, should we in fact have done what we did back in 2008? Right? That's the question, really. And so, I mean, I think you know where Vern's coming from. Let's think about on the other side, the person that wanted central banks from the start, Alexander Hamilton. We'll learn more about him after this. King Banyan Show, Business 1440. When I found out I was pregnant, I panicked. I was afraid, feeling pressured. When I found out I was pregnant, I panicked. I was afraid, feeling pressured. I didn't know what else to do. I was nine weeks along and didn't know there were other options. I didn't know the baby already had a beating heart. I didn't know there were couples waiting to adopt. I called the confidential hotline and learned the facts. I found an option that both my baby and I can live with. Hello, my name is Marianne Koharski. I'm the director of Pro-Life Across America, the Billboard People. So often we get called calls just like this from men and women seeking help and alternatives. Our 800 hotline connects callers to the services they need for pregnancy, adoption, as well as post-abortion assistance. If you know someone who is pregnant or in need of confidential counseling or would like to support the work of Pro-Life Across America, please call 1-800-366-7773 or check us out on the web, prolifeacrossamerica.org. Pro-Life Across America is educational, non-political, and tax-deductible. This is Hugh Hewitt for townhall.com. Back in 1964, Congress passed and LBJ signed into law the Civil Rights Act. It was landmark legislation, hastening as it did the end of segregation, a dark era in our nation's history. Title VII of the Act prohibited employment discrimination on the basis of race, color, religion, national origin, or sex. In our contemporary politics, there's an effort to redefine and reload what the word sex means. Is it something objective, grounded in biological realities, or is it simply what an individual says it is? ADF, the Alliance Defending Freedom, is fighting a case in Michigan that could soon be before the nation's highest court based on exactly this. Can we take away the objective grounds of sex, male and female, without an act of Congress? The stakes in the law and the culture could not be higher. I'm Hugh Hewitt. The Pepperdine Graduate School of Public Policy, America's unique graduate program. Learn more at publicpolicy.pepperdine.edu. 
Hello, I'm Mark Stoneman, president of WNAV Audiovisual. WNAV Audiovisual provides equipment and technicians for events of all sizes, from a handful of people to large ballrooms and convention centers as well. We also provide installation services for churches, schools, and corporations. No matter how many people are at your event, WNAV has the technicians and expertise along with the equipment to make each event successful. Audiovisual services include equipment such as sound systems, microphones, projection systems with screens, laptops, draping, lighting, and all the related equipment, and also web streaming services. So your meeting can go beyond the four walls of your space. WNAV Audiovisual, where your meeting is our business. Please contact us at WNAV-video.com. Your daily source for in-depth business and investing news. We are Business 1440, KYCR Golden Valley. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.